This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Everybody in Pittsburgh, uh, obviously, is still mourning uh, and will for the remainder of the week and really for, for the foreseeable time. future yeah, for with time. the loss of Stan Saverin. And this is the first time that we on the Steelers Standard I. have really gotten a chance to to jump on the air with you guys. It's been such a, a crazy week, I'm sure, as you all imagine. And, you know, just wanted to spend this first episode in tribute to Stan like yeah, a lot of other absolutely. shows have done. He, he deserves it. I mean really could make the argument that none of us would be here today without Stan. He's just such a, I don't want to call him a pioneer, but he completely showed you that you don't have to be the gas bag. You don't have to be the hot take artist. You don't have to be, you know, always looking for, you know, that headline grabbing thing to say when you cover sports, you can just cover sports in a classy, sensible way. And, Stan was first class all the way, and, you know, you and I have a, a, a unique relationship with him because, you know, a lot of people that you hear from work with him for years and years and years. Right. You know, when we started here at iHeart, one of your first gigs that you do is producing Stan's yeah, show, right. and so we kind of saw him towards the back end of it, but, I mean, you can attest to it as well as I can, as sharp as ever. Oh, and, absolutely. I mean... Devoted as ever, too. And still taught us so much uh, about the industry, and also showed how a talent should treat production staff, should treat people beneath him. He was an example that a lot of talent should look at as to, you know, just because this guy's a new hire doesn't mean you don't treat him any differently than Phil Bork when he walks into your studio. Right. Stan was like, or, like everybody or, was or the same. Or the producer that he had on Sportsbeat for nearly two decades. Yeah, everybody was the same for Stan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that I will remember most is yeah he'll be a a pittsburgh icon forever in sports media you'll see uh, they already showed sports beat on at and yeah. sports net i mean you'll, they've, you'll done, they've done a lot of tributes you'll see a bunch of tributes yeah. to stan you'll see a bunch of old footage from stan he ain't going anywhere any no i soon, think that's as far as that's concerned but the thing i'm gonna remember most is just how good of a person he was you know mm-hmm. take away the sports media career take away all of the amazing things he did in the field he was just a good man and that's really, at the end of the day, what's most important. What you do for a living doesn't matter. How you treat other people and and how you live your life right. is how you'll be remembered. And but that's I how think I'll remember Stan. It's an interesting point, Tom, because, yes, your work shouldn't matter. It's how you carry yourself. But he gave so much to oh, his he, work that his work became him. But he, those two became so s- synchronized. That you you thought of Stan as a person being this great man in parallel with how great he was at what he did. And, you know, it was very nice to hear that he was not alone at the end. So right, many yeah. people from the media coming to his house, mm-hmm. friends from his career, his sisters being there, too, yeah, right. which was just so warming for me because, you know, no one wants to have anybody go out by themselves. Right. It's a scary thought for anybody. At least for me, that's one of the scariest thoughts. You want to have some loved ones, someone that you know around you. And Stan's house was filled with love uh, when he eventually passed away, which, I, again, I just can't tell you how comforting that is to know that he got to you know see a lot of people. And what you were saying about him loving the job, he was doing hits on the DVM Morning Show like yeah. a week and a half ago. Man, Same like, with Madden. Everybody yeah. knew that he was never going to retire, mm-hmm. that he was going to go out doing this job, and it's exactly what happened. It's exactly what I think Stan would have wanted 
Um, no, he was doing shows sometimes from the hospital, from the rehab center, from 100%. his home. So, I mean, he was doing Steelers post game for a long time from his from, he, from, from his home. Next lap for about five or six games after he had a surgery, he did it from his house. Mm-hmm. And did it flawlessly and right. Was really, you know, Marcus talked about this too in doing a radio hit uh, about Stan. Like he was, that was the thing at the end of his career that he was just so good. It was those Steelers post game shows. Like mm-hmm. obviously he has sports beat fame, and you know he was a television giant. You know back when that was the the right. popular thing in the eighties and the nineties. But man. That Steelers post game show to the very end with him and Charlie Batch, he yeah. was as sharp as ever. And I mean, he's he's in it his was home. a perfect guy to host that show. He's in his home by himself. He's watching the game by himself. He's not able to look to Charlie, or or look to any like how he would when he was in his TV days in the newsroom, right, watching the game with other people and, and hearing their thoughts. He was by himself, and like you said, he still had so much available brain space up there. To really make that Steelers post game show as good as it ever was, it, 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 as if you if you had no idea, if you were just visiting Pittsburgh and you were an out of towner and you wanted to hear the, what the local guys had to say, you would turn to one of two point five DVE and you would hear this guy Stan Savern. You would never guess the condition that he was in because he was just so on point all the way through the end of the season. And I don't have this. Uh, no offense, you don't have this, and I don't know if it's really a thing anymore. But you know that voice for radio. Oh, he's. Uh, the, I think. I think one thing that people, a lot of people, have been saying what impressed them the most by Stan. But one thing that really stands out, or one thing that's been repeated, is that he never lost that voice. He has that up voice, until yeah. like like you said, his last hit with Matt and his that last hit with the morning show. Yeah, he still booming, had it. Yeah, he still had it. Carrying voice, you know. Mm-hmm. I think of him. I think of Billy. Billy's the right. same way. Just has the voice of God. Is kind of what you know, guys like Stan, guys like Billy have, and it's tough to talk about it. It he, is he because be this missed. is not like losing a family member where you have your own bubble of friends and family who knew them and had their stories, and that was really it. This is an entire Everybody city yeah. and beyond Pittsburgh. When I was rewatching the the last episode of, of Sports Beat that AT and T has been airing all week, the amount of national guests. Oh yeah, that were, were that that that. Newsstand and admire the montage for, that Brian Price, uh, yeah, one of right. our production guys here, put together. I'm sure you've heard his it interview with Muhammad cluster. Ali. Yeah, like what the I heck? I mean, Bino Cook, one of the most legendary sports broadcasters of all time nationally. Bino Cook called in for Stan's last show on Sports Beat, and you like you said, Bino Cook, giant. In yeah, the absolutely. Football. Bino respected Stan. Yeah, more than right. Stan, and Stan respected Bino. Of but course. I'm saying Bino held Stan to that kind in of in such esteem. regard. Yeah. That he was like, oh, Stan Saverin's above me. I'm, I'm just being no cook. And, and, and what I was trying to get at by bringing, Stan is a giant. I mean, by bringing this up is that you know it's not like losing a family member and and you know you send your condolences to the people that were closest to them. This is an entire city's loss. It, it is hard to really move on because everybody is talking about it and everybody's trying to make their own tribute to Stan and honor him the best they can. And you're seeing it on Facebook, on Twitter, on TV, on the radio. It's it's going to take a while for this to really settle down. And I'm not saying we should rush to it. It's just that's that's how big Stan was, is that this is not going to fade away anytime soon. Yeah, and the outpouring of love is just tremendous. Right. I mean, you saw the Pirates. You saw Nutting say something. Right. You saw Mike Tomlin say something. Art Rooney. Um, and that's exactly where I'm going with yeah. this right now. We have Art Rooney sitting down with Dale Lawley. 
wanted to share this with you, and then after some, we'll talk a little bit more, and then we're going to throw it to Guy Junker with the DV Morning Show, because during this episode, you know, wanted to bring you not only art, I mean, art obviously knew Stan so well, Stan worked for him and worked with him for so many years, mm-hmm. but also Guy, just because that's the best friend right there, and yeah, there's no one that could have It's better, his brother, you can't even call it yeah, a best friend. No one that could have better yeah. summed up Stan's life or reflected on Stan's life than Guy Junker, so but before we get to that... Here's about a four minutes of Art Rooney sitting down with Dale Lawley earlier in this week discussing Stan Saverin. Uh, here today with uh, Steelers President Art Rooney uh, II. And Art, um, just a uh, tough, uh, tough situation with the passing of, uh, of Stan Saverin. And uh, just like when you started uh, or came up with the idea to do the Hall of Honor, was Stan one of your first choices to to, to do that and be on that that? panel that picks the, the, yes, the players yep absolutely uh you know stan is uh one of the few left who goes way back to you know what the 70s now and and uh, so he was he was an obvious uh, choice to be part of our selection committee for the hall of honor and he he was more than enthusiastic about being part of it he, he loved being part of it and uh, always had great observations about the guys he was promoting and, uh, you know, down to the end, I mean, we had our first meeting for this year's class uh, last week. And Stan was supposed to uh, participate. He, he, you know, it was going to be a Zoom meeting. He accepted the invitation to be on it. And I was looking forward to, you know, seeing him, even though we would see him by Zoom. And uh, that morning, early that morning, uh, got a message from him that he wasn't going to be able to make the Zoom. But he did give me his two candidates <laughs> that he wanted to, wanted to put diligent put on the list. until the end. Huh? So he, he, you know, he he didn't uh, he, he never slowed down. He, you know, as you probably know, I mean, the last couple of years have been rough for Stan. He's had a lot of ups and downs, and and uh, you would never know it. I mean, yeah. you know, he's on the air, and you know, we talk, talking about things as if there was nothing going on in his life, and uh, just uh, just remarkable professional, and you know, he loved what he was doing. Yeah, that was the thing too, and 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 the unique thing about Stan and, and and that you know he grew up in Cleveland and had seen a lot of the, even going back into the '60s with some of those Steeler teams. So there was that historical recollection there. Oh yeah, no, Stan. Stan was uh, he he knew uh, he knew his business, and uh, you know uh, he 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 could speak about uh, go, going back, like you say, all the way into the '60s. Talk about players who played in that era, and and. Uh, Love, love talking about it. Love, loved uh, being part of those conversations, and, and of course, we all love being, you know, having those conversations with him. Um, he also did a lot of, uh, you know, the interview processes for Steelers.com with with some of the older players as well, and they all recognized, you know, they knew Stan. Everybody knew Stan. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, somebody I'm not, I don't know who it was that gave him the the name the godfather of <laughs> pittsburgh media but he deserved that nickname he really was uh, you know that kind of a guy and just had the respect of everybody no matter kind of whether you're in the media or part of a team or a player i mean i i, I don't think i ever met anybody who who didn't respect and like stan and and uh, you know uh, obviously he said things on air over the years that i wasn't <laughs> that happy about but but you know he, he there was always some basis for it you know right, it wasn't, right. wasn't like he was uh, coming off the wall was something ridiculous there was always some basis for what he was saying and and you had to respect that yeah always a, a straight shooter and, and i think you know that's one of the things as well when when he hosted uh, your coaches shows 
or even the post-game show that, that people appreciated about him. That's right. That's right. Uh, he was a true, true professional and, and uh, just, uh, you know, brought so much enthusiasm to, to sports in general. And, and by the same token, uh, you know, never took himself or anything too seriously. You know, it was <laughs> – he was fun to work with, didn't take him tel- himself seriously, and, and uh, you know, kind of knew what we were, you know, we're talking about sports, you know, we're not talking about World War Three here, we're talking about sports, and kept things in perspective. Well, Art, we appreciate your time here, and uh, remembering uh, a good man who is uh, no longer with us. Yep, God bless Stan. God bless Stan. God bless Stan, and, and uh, I mean, words from a gentleman such as Art Rooney carry so much extra weight. And I'm not trying to disparage, you know, Tim from Kennedy Township who would call in and have words for Stan. Those words mean as much, too. Absolutely. But when you hear it from a, an art, when you hear it from a Bob Nutting, like, mm-hmm. that is the top of the food chain in Pittsburgh showing Stan, you Stan's, how much Stan Stan's meant to at them. at the top of the food chain. Right. To have peers at his level take the time out of their day to say, I, 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 will, I need... To let this like, out. Art will, right. will comment on, you know, people that pass away in the media mm-hmm. for sure. But sitting down with Dale for four minutes, right. you know, setting up an interview to make sure that he can, you know, expand on some thoughts that he has about, like, that's rare. And absolutely, it's, I think it's, it's an appropriate place for that kind of stuff to be laid at the feet of Stan Savin because he deserves all of this. He deserves all of this yeah, remembrance. Absolutely. He deserves... And, and and I mean, I th- it's, I it's, as, it's as small as a tributor as ever, but in our new studios, right? Nobody really has an office. Everyone kind of has a shared chair, space, yeah. but he would sit in the same chair every day. And there's a nice little, there's a little, there. little yeah, flowers have gathered, a little sign, nice yeah, little sign, love the show. And Stan it's and just and things like that. Like Stan would accept anything. He would accept something as small and effortless as that. And, oh, and something that, as grand and powerful as a message from Art Rooney. And that's the thing, too. Like, And, and I'm sure he is somewhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wish he could see what's going on right now yeah. because he deserves to know how much he was loved. And he did know how much he was loved. Right. But it's it's unbelievable to see the outpouring. It's not a bad thing to say about him. There's not one person with a bad thing to say no. about the guy, and that's rare. Especially in this field, in the in a right. field as volatile as this, with where volatile you and have egos, opinions about yeah, sports, yeah, like people yeah. are gonna disagree with your opinion. Right. Stan always had a way though, where even if you disagreed with him, you're like, that guy's so smart. Right. Like I, hey, you. That's the thing is that you 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 watch sports beat, you listen to the Steelers post game show because you trusted his opinion, no matter if you disagreed with it or not. You knew what he was saying was always founded with reason and logic. And what he and Guy were able to do. Um, they are the dynamic duo in Pittsburgh sports media. Yeah, for and sure. And they will not be duplicated again. There will not be oh, another I, pair I like those two. I cannot agree more. It's... They're not Skip and, and Shannon. They're not Skip and Stephen A. They they agreed with each other. Or you if know, they did yeah. disagree with each other, they did it in a friendly way and mm-hmm. an agree-to-disagree kind of way. It wasn't the other guy trying to get the other guy, right? Like, it wasn't trying to... you had Lure you take, in. I'm yeah. going to have a take even hotter. They just had that incredible dynamic and... I think the fact that they were such friends, brothers off the air, it bled through on the air and gave that chemistry that everybody loved. Guy sat down with the uh, the DV Morning Show earlier this week for a lengthy interview. And yeah, right. It probably run long a little bit here in our episode, but okay. if you haven't heard it, it's worth hearing from Guy Junker. Here is uh, Guy's time with Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's Randy Bauman and the DBE Morning Show. And we've been remembering our friend Stan Saverin all morning long and on the line right now longtime broadcasting partner with uh stan Saverin in what sounds like an idyllic setting i don't know uh, it sounds like you might be on uh augusta right now with those birds chirping guy junkers on the line hi guy how are you hey you can hear those birds huh it's, uh, somehow it seems like it should be raining though i don't know mm-hmm. and uh, stan dialed up a beauty this morning for all of us the sun is shining yeah. and it, it's a gorgeous day yeah it is I'm so sorry, man, I, and I really appreciate you making time to, to call in today. I know it's really tough, and, w- you know, we've been talking uh, with, with people this morning, and Sally called in, and Pomp's going to call in in a little bit, and uh, he was really one of a kind, and um, it's hard to not think of it as the end of an era, but when you think of Pittsburgh sports media, there are so many iconic figures that come to mind, Guy. Uh, uh, Bob Prince, Myron Cope. Mike Lang, Stan is certainly among those people. Did did you think that Stan had a sense of his place in people's hearts here in Pittsburgh? Deep down inside, yeah, but he never made it a, uh, you know, he would certainly never brag about it. In fact, you guys know it's such self-deprecating humor all the Mm -hmm. time, and I think – I think the reason he did that was to just kind of, you know, keep himself a little bit humble and not let things go to his head. Um, you know, I always loved watching him when now he could be short with, he didn't suffer fools easily, no. and especially, if, <laughs> you know, if, if, if a caller called the show with some stupid ass, uh, you know, statement, <laughs> he would jump right on him. But, <laughs> but, to, but to watch him in public, like when people would come up and want to take their picture with him or just, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times, Hey, I saw your buddy Stan Saverin at the dry cleaners, or I bumped yeah. into him at giant Eagle. And, and <laughs> uh, I talked to him for 10 minutes. I think they were surprised, you know, some people were even sort of afraid to approach him because he sort of was bigger than life. He wasn't me when I first met him. I mean, uh, you know, I was, when I started working with him, I was just barely out of college and he was well established at the time. So um, I, I just wish more people, you know, like we got, we all got to know him. Yeah. I wish the public got to know him more than just the guy with the fastball criticizing, you know, the Steelers secondary. Right. <laughs> guy, when you started working with him and he was larger than life, did it take what, 10 or 15 minutes for you to feel comfortable? Well, you know, it's funny, Mike, is um, I actually replaced him at Channel 4. That's how I got into Channel 4 in 1984, because Stan got the Penn State football play-by-play job, mm-hmm. and, they needed a, and they needed a guy to do 11 Saturdays while he did Penn State football. Hmm. And I had, I was working at B94 at the time in the mornings and, and anchoring sports in the weekend in Youngstown, Ohio, trying to get a reel together and, you know, improve the craft. So they hired me to, to to take Stan's place for 11 weeks. Well, during those 11 weeks, John Steigerwald left Channel 4 to go to KDKA. Stan moved into the weekday slot, and I moved into the, the weekend slot. And I, I remember early on, I mean, he was always comfortable to, to BS with, but I remember early on, he was the guy that I wanted to impress. He was the guy that yeah. I wanted to, I wanted him, a compliment from Stan you know, meant something. Yeah. Well, and if somebody else throws out, hey, nice job, or a good job in this story. If he said, 
because I remember when Art uh, Millen, uh, I went for some reason he couldn't go to Dallas. The Steelers played a game in Dallas, and he was always our guy on the road to do the sidebar story. So I went to Dallas, and I'm racking my brain trying to. They they lost the game to the Cowboys, and I did a story on how their third downs were terrible. They were like three for fifteen on third downs. But the reason was because they weren't getting any yards on first and second down. And he made the remark, I barely knew him then, to one of the editors who told me, he says, this guy knows what he's doing. And and that was as good a compliment as anybody ever gave me because if Stan said you knew what you were doing, you know, it yeah. meant a lot. Yeah. Um, we were talking about his personality and him not suffering fools gladly. One thing that made me laugh harder than it, and Stan, first of all, Stan was funny as hell. Funny. Like, you, he couldn't. He couldn't always show like what he was capable of on the air because some of his humor was blue. But like to me, nothing was funnier than when Stan hated somebody. <laughs> like when he got pissed off. It's like if some nitwit in in, uh, in corporate did some stupid thing, like cancel sports beat. I mean the <laughs> the, the just fire me oh, the, exactly <laughs> the, the torrent of insults and hilarious depictions were just endless and he was just so funny and uh, I I mean fearless uh, fearless yeah and the, the the thing about that is all the times he got fired we used to joke all the time with him about it like he got fired all the time but like he always bounced back constantly like the thought of not working never he just did the next thing and he was stan yeah. and people followed well you know we used to joke about hey um i, I gotta do a new resume what station should i put on here i can't fit them you, know? <laughs> uh, you, you talked you talk about him getting ticked off at something he didn't like yeah, this is a great story so for years we did sports beat out of channel 11 up on television hill and they sort of built they built this terrible little office for us back off the loading dock just for the guys that worked on sports beat he hated carrie frazier we're watching the penguin game the one night where we're going to do hockey hotline after the game and carrie frazier is is giving it to the penguins and they're losing and we're both sitting there and we're swearing every word in the book you know <laughs> carrie frazier son of a duck, every goddamn time he does a penguin game all of a sudden there's a little knock on the on the door Bishop Whirl is standing there. <laughs> <laughs> he had come in. He had come in to tape the mass for shut-ins at Channel 11, and we are both sitting there like we just we just mf Terry Frazier to the top of our lungs. I think Stan threw something at the TV. Bishop Bishop Whirl in his soft little voice goes, "Stan guy, I'm Bishop Whirl. I just I've always wanted to meet you too." So he comes in. We shake hands. <laughs> he, he leaves. Stan turns to me and said. I've never been so glad to be Jewish. <laughs> you guys, I mean, the sports beat years deserve a book. Oh, yeah. Like you mm -hmm. should write a book about the sports beat years because there, it encompassed so much about what was going on in Pittsburgh at the time. But, I think it's still the perception that so many people have of Pittsburgh was that Sportsbeat was the lens through which they viewed the Pittsburgh sports fan. Also, people are going to watch guys talk on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, that's what when when Fox took us over, that was ultimately my demise. They said, this is a radio show on TV. This, this doesn't fit our brand. That was their that was their reason for wanting to change it.
So the, the, the ratings didn't matter. They just didn't like the look of it. Oh, you know. But it was. Were you guys the first to do something like that, guy? Yeah, on TV, I, I think so. And it was you know because uh, back in the day, Mike KBL ran uh, what they call uh, bulletin board stuff. I mean, if you turned it on at four o'clock in the afternoon on the day the Penguins were playing, the game would be on you know at seven thirty or seven o'clock. But in the afternoon, it would say you know Penn Hills Volunteer Fire Company having a bingo Friday night, and uh, <laughs> you know. The, St. Aloysius Fish Fry this Friday. That's the kind of stuff that would run. And they came up with an idea for some ancillary programming surrounding the games, which was the only live stuff they did. And, um, I had just come back. I went to work for a network in Washington and New York called uh, SNN, which was a sports version of CNN. And after a year, it went bankrupt. So I came back home. I was tending bar. I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, Pompey Annie and I actually did the first year of sports beat together. And then Stan got fired at Channel 4, so and, and there was a loophole in his contract that did not include cable for non-compete. So he was able to join join me right away. And The thing about it, people, I think people were a little surprised at how well we gelled. I worked with Stan at Channel 4 for six years. In fact, I produced his 11 o'clock show. I was his eyes and ears when he was doing his talk show on radio. You know, I was taping all the highlights and putting the scoreboard together. And that's where our friendship long before sports be really bonded. Cause we were in that little sports department, just the two of us every night. I, when I got the phone call that my mother had died, I was with Stan and um, you know, we, we both got engaged the same year. We used to talk about our relationships and that, that, that's the thing. I mean, everybody, you know, it's a sad day for Pittsburgh cause he was so well liked as a broadcaster, but especially in later years, my kids adore him. I mean, they, yeah. they, I'm so glad they all got to see him on set. My daughter, my daughter's, very talented in theater and she played Cinderella near E Playhouse Theater. He drove through a whiteout to get up there to see her perform. And the two of them are theater geeks. I mean, they would, I'd be riding in a car and I'd be sitting there and they'd be talking about, did you see so-and-so quit wicked? Yeah. She moved to this. And the, uh, like, we would talk about the world series. I'm like, what the hell are you guys? I mean, I, I like musicals. Okay. But I don't know really these people. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to say to you guy. You, you were so good together and not just back then, like this year. I would listen to you guys talk, and I think now a days any kind of sports talk duo, like they're arguing with each other, they're trying to one-up each other, trying to be smarter than each other. And you guys, it was so easy and informative, spirited sports talk, and it just always was good. Well, I appreciate that. I, yeah, one thing we tried to do, even the even our producer tried to speed this along. We we wanted to listen, like we do an hour TV show, and sometimes we only get six callers on. Well, we wanted to listen. To, uh, there was none of this. I'll hang up and listen to what you have. No, no, hold on. Let's if if you if you have something to say, if you you know if you were a good caller, we wanted to engage in conversation. And I think it was the same thing with the two of us. Uh, you know, gaining his respect, it, it, it certainly it helped my career. I'm not ten years younger than Stan. And and I think that when Sportsbeat first started, and Pete Stan had so much respect already, and the fact that you could see on the air that he respected me certainly helped me a lot. So I'll, I'll, I'll forever be in debt to him for that part of it. But uh, yeah, listening, I think that's why he was such a good interviewer because he really, you know, so many people in all the media, even at the national level, when they're interviewing someone, you could tell they're thinking of their next question and not listening mm-hmm. to what the person's at, uh, right. saying. That Stan wasn't like that, and he would have his, his series of questions down. But if it started going in a different direction, he would. We had Reggie Jackson on the show one night, <clears throat> and and I I don't know what he was in town for, and I can't remember what the first question Stan asked him was, and Reggie Jackson answered him with a no. And then Stan <laughs> asked the second question. He's like, well, maybe. 
And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this going to hell? And he persisted. By the end of that show, Reggie Jackson was asking him for his phone number, you know, let's stay in touch. You know, he, he was just so good at that, and I think it's because he listened. You know? mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the thing about Stan, you know, Bill pointed out the dynamic that you two had runs counter to a lot of the, you know, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp dynamics that Try to seem out to hot take each other. Right. That seems to be yeah. pervasive these days. And you guys were the antithesis of that. Uh, by the way, view, viewers love that too. You know, that still works. It's just you have to have oh, the, sure. you have to have the talent to be able to do it. And there it's a lot easier to go out and be a jackass. Um, but the one thing about Stan that I always found impressive is that he followed the trajectory and the uh you know adaptations in the game in the sport without getting bogged down in his it was better back then he stayed current on everything but he didn't resort to that dynamic in current broadcasting that so many do there weren't hot takes he was still completely able to talk about every single sport all the intricacies of what is happening now with you know nil like like for instance uh you know changes in all of the sports that kind of have come with technology and he never needed to do it the way these guys are doing it now yeah he um he still had, you know, despite his criticism, when things weren't going well, he had tremendous respect. You know, he played high school football and uh, still was very active until recently when he started having his health issues, playing tennis all the time. Yeah. So I don't think you have to play uh, a professional sport to understand at least how difficult. Uh, Mike and I were out on the golf course yesterday for the uh, Foge, Fazio, Myron Cope autism classic, so we can speak to how hard it is to hit a golf ball. But yeah, I didn't um, get a call from Liv yet, guy. I don't know if they've, yeah, been, yeah, I don't yeah. know if they've reached out to you or not. But uh. <laughs> no, they have not. In fact, uh, well, anyways, yeah, he. I mean, I, you can't say enough good things about him. I just wish the public knew him the way that we knew him as a person and not just a great broadcaster. And, you know, it's, it's our relationship at times, you know, I was surprised when I watched the 30 for 30 on Mike and Mike. I didn't know that those two had, they went a couple of years without speaking to each other off the air and still did a show. I can't imagine working no. like that. No. I mean, him and I would sit. So we, uh, after, uh, Fox fired me for a, for a good year. I was just scrambling around doing any freelance work I get. And I can't remember somebody hired me and him to do a commercial. Well, well, I needed the 500 bucks or whatever they were paying. So it was supposed to be the 60 second. In fact, we came into the DVE studios to record it. And, uh, okay, this is going to be 60 seconds and you guys banter back and forth and here's a script and blah, blah, blah. And we got a three hour time slot in the studio. So we do it the first time and it's exactly 60 seconds. And the guy says, that's exactly on time. Let's let's do one for for just for extra measure. We do a second one. It's exactly sixty seconds, and the guy's like, he says, "This has never happened before. You guys are done. Go ahead." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's true. He never used a, a teleprompter, right? On when on television. No, we did. We never had a teleprompter in all those years at uh, at uh, at Fox, KBL, Prime, whatever we were called that week. Yeah, and <laughs> well, and the other thing, and Val, you can speak to this, and she was a producer of your show at one time. Uh, and I made the point earlier. I love the fact that Stan never treated anybody as less than, no matter what job you had. You, we, everybody was on the team. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and the people, you know, the support staff over at uh, 
now AT&T Sports, uh, you know, I've been getting – they're they're all brokenhearted. I mean, they all oh, love yeah. the guy. And, yeah. and it's because of the way he was, uh, you know, off the air as much as – what he, everybody respected him on the air, but I think we all work with people who respect on the air. That doesn't necessarily mean they become a special person in their lives, but, but Stan did. In- we had a trip we – were, we were going to Italy next year, Stan and his sisters and my wife and I and a couple of other friends and had this trip planned, and it's just – it's just uh, in fact, I got up this morning. And I saw the, the brochure was sitting on my desk in my office, and I'm oh god, cover that up. I can't look at that right now. Well, thanks for making time for us today and and sharing your remembrances of your friend. Uh, it it does mean a lot that that you took time for us. And I know it's really tough. So, guy, thanks so much, and uh, hope okay, that we guys, get to thanks, talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you. Okay. Thank okay. you. There's guy Junker sitting down with uh, Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show. Incredible stories there. The Reggie yeah. Jackson story, the Bishop, the Bishop oh World story. Um, it really just illustrates, you know, what kind of person. And, you know, they were saying it they were screaming at the TV. We kind of got to see that side of Stan too during Steelers post game. Right, we would all watch the, games we'd watch together. the games together. Yeah. So he'd be, he'd have his unfiltered mm-hmm. commentary of what bonehead play the Steelers just did, or right. something you, like you that. Right, you got you got the professional side of things as the listeners. <laughs> we saw those takes we get saw fine yeah, yeah, yeah. beforehand with a little bit of saltier yeah. language maybe woven. in I would have loved there. to have watched the game. I never got the chance. I would have loved to watch a game with Stan. And, and guy together, and that would have been. You know, like how they do the Manning watchalongs. We yeah, should do yeah. a Pittsburgh. Very, guy we should have done a great. Pittsburgh. Oh, that's a guy great idea. Yeah, good, good job of me having yeah. that idea right now. But uh, Stan, rest in peace, man. And yeah, um, absolutely. You know, an honor to have said in his near fifty-year career that we had the opportunity and pleasure oh, to work with him. Tell that story forever, as long as I live. Anybody who wants to. Listen I mean, to my it. first day when I when I got hired. And I ran into him in the hallways. I didn't even know what to say. And I went home that day. I said, Dad, yeah, I, I, met Stan, I met Stan Savern today. I'm going to be producing a show. <laughs> and my it's, dad my dad couldn't believe it. It's still so surreal. Yeah. R.I.P. Stan Savern, you will forever be missed, but you will never be forgotten here in Pittsburgh. I can guarantee you that. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll get into some more Steelers football talk, talk about some uh, minicamp stuff as well. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard.